When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 348 of The Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? How do I sound? Is it smooth, silky, NPR-type sound? Going from left to right on your radio dial. Um, the reason I bring it up is, of course, uh, I didn't have an episode on Wednesday due to microphone issues. Yes, the old uh, snowball microphone gave gave it up. Um, well, I was good. I, I didn't start with it, but it was pretty much three hundred twenty something episodes. I think were put in on that microphone, and uh, yeah, so it certainly didn't owe me anything. And I got a you know cheap deal at Staples and. Um, it was a good mic though. It sounded good. It, uh, you know, like I said, always performed. So, but it got started to flicker here the other night when I was going to record and I was like, oh boy. But, uh, so I'm like, well, I may as well put some money into this, uh, mud show. And, uh, actually went and got a, a decent microphone. So, um, but it looks like it's recording. Uh, okay. Well, I know it's recording all right because I recorded, uh, with Rob yesterday and, uh, and, it sounds good. It sounded good. So, uh, I know it's working, but, uh, yeah, Rob, for those folks, uh, from the Facebook group, the hockey fights and brawls group, who was right when I start recording, we start, I'm start getting text messages all the time. Oh, it's Jay in Iowa. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're hold on. Where's my wallet? going to make sure to sit on it here. Gee, you know, um, <laughs> you're throwing me off now. What was I talking about? Uh, oh yes. From the Facebook group. Uh, Rob has put in countless hours in that group and always putting up links and posts and starting conversations and finishing some conversations. And, uh, he is all over that. He's, uh, in that group. And, uh, Rob and I have always had, uh, you know, really, really enjoyable interactions on the group. And, uh, you know, we've been meaning that we've been trying to set this up for a little while now. And, and, uh, unfortunately Rob has 
down and out and on the DL and uh, recovering some of his surgery. And, oh, he'll be back and doing cartwheels in no time. But uh, in the meantime, I'm like, well, now is the chance to get you on the show. Now we kind of got you, uh, you know, in, in one spot here. So uh, we did the 10, 10 questions deal. I, I, I don't want to call it rapid fire anymore because there ain't anything rapid about it. So, yeah, we ended up talking for a long time. It's almost an hour, I think. But I think we talked about an hour before and an hour after. Yeah, we were like a couple old ladies in the knitting circle. But, uh, yeah, it was great to talk to Rob. I think you guys will really enjoy it. And he gives some really good answers. And we just have a really good discussion. And, uh, yeah, good dude. It was enjoyable. And it certainly will not be the last time he is on the show. Um, but So, like I said, we talked for about an hour and stuff. So I, I'm not going to go for too long in this intro. I mean, we'll cover a few things. And, uh <clears throat> oh, and of course, uh, you know, we got the hockey cards from Dollarama. Uh, once again, it's the 93-94 Opeachy Premier. So we'll do that here shortly. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm going to give a few shout-outs before we get rolling. As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. 100 shows on the network. I'm on the original content creator side myself. Terry Ryan, old Ted Hitchcock, as uh, from the TV show Shorzy. That uh, season three is being recorded as we speak, and um, yeah, some good, some 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 kick ass. I mean, talk about some kick ass uh, guest stars in that show. Um, as the pictures have been showing up on social media, uh, Brett Gallant, uh, Pierre Luc LeBlanc, Steve Bosse, uh, all have been on on set and in uniform. So I think we the. The uh, Sudbury Bulldogs are uh, having some, having some. The gyms are going to have some competition here. Um, if you have, for the listeners out there, if you have not had a chance to check out Shorzy, I encourage you to do it. John Morasti, Ted, Terry Ryan, uh, the Nolans. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite the, you know, it's a it's a little twenty minute uh, hockey comedy. Uh, you know, I don't think it'll be. I don't think anybody's going to say it's rivaling Seinfeld and Cheers or anything, but. Uh, it's uh for a, it's good for a few laughs and Jared Kiso's doing a good job with it and um you know we got some some old uh, senior hockey with some tilts and some wheeling some chicks and some lines and uh yeah it, it, it's it's been it's been a fun little deal and uh I I encourage you guys to check the show out so but yes Terry Ryan is on the network and uh he he has uh, t- uh TR uh he he does a great job and has a great podcast and has lots of good guests on and uh, I encourage you to check his show out, as well as Jolt and Joel Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. I know I've just been talking to Joe tonight, text, and uh, he has a really he he's in the middle of interviewing the guy right now. They're they're only three hours in right now, so he's probably got about three more to go. But uh, I'm not going to spoil who it is. But uh, minor league legend, to say the least. You guys will dig it. And I don't think he's ever done, a, actually I'm fairly sure, it's certain he's never done a podcast before, so this will be all new shit. Um, so, definitely looking forward to that. And uh, of course, Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, I was going to talk to Alec tonight, but he's under the weather, old Sicky McGee over there, uh, you know. But, uh, so hopefully we can, we can uh, I can corral him here in the next few days. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, Again, tremendous back catalog there. Rob Ray, Yablonski, Frank Bialois, on and on. And uh, check him out on YouTube as well. He's got he's always uploading East Coast League fights. And uh, tell you, busy night tonight. Ooh, Ryan Devine putting the hammer down again. That's two fights now for Devine out in Kansas City in the East Coast League. And he has looked dominant in both. Oh, got the left hammer going tonight. Oof. 
and uh, Nico Blatchman. Uh, released from Kalamazoo, went to the LNAH, was playing for Laval, got into a few fights. He fought Chris Cloutier last night uh, in Laval, and uh, all of a sudden this morning he has signed a contract with Adirondack back in the East Coast Hockey League, and he's there, and he fought tonight. And, uh, yeah, he actually fought Chris Orobati, two of Alex's uh, guests uh, from his show, and a solid little tilt. And, uh, yeah, oh, the life of a minor league hockey player, fighting in Laval one night and fighting in uh, in Adirondack the next. So, but good luck to Nico, and uh, I am a fan. Old school guy, runs around, and uh, I enjoy him. And uh, hopefully he can stick in the East Coast League and uh, for the season, because uh, I feel I feel for those guys. Because yeah, I mean, married. I believe he has a, just had a kid. So I mean, you're bouncing around. I mean, that's, uh, that's a tough way to make a living, boy. And uh, but yes, good luck to Nico at Adirondack. Hopefully, it works out for him. And uh, yeah, there is your uh, enforcer. Do wow. And last night in the Laval game, uh, Patrick Bordalo, he uh, he he got his revenge on Derek Parker. Um, they've had a little bit of a rivalry going. Parker tried to get Bortolo to fight last year, one game towards the end of the year, and Bortolo wouldn't go. Bortolo has been playing in um, uh, Marquis, Marquis, I don't know, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, pardon me with my French, but uh, um, but he's kind of going, I don't want to say he's going through the motions, but he doesn't really want to fight anymore and whatever, but, but Parker was trying to get him to go, and he just wouldn't fight, and then holy, Derek Parker ran him and hit him, oh, it was a solid hit. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so they've got some, they've got some tension going and, uh, they played earlier this year and Bortolo finally had enough of Parker and they fought. I'd say Bortolo, you know, gave it to him pretty good. And then, uh, yeah, last night, uh, Bortolo kind of gave it to him again. And, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, things are heating up in the LNAH. And like I said, then you had Blackford fight Chris Cloutier. You know, veteran Chris Cloutier, the all-time LNAH, all-time penalty. Can you believe he's been in the LNAH since 2002? Oof, that's some miles, boy. And uh, a lot. Of, he's the all-time penalty leader. Lots of pims, lots of fights. And, uh, yeah, him and Nico fought for about a minute and a half last night. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, there's a little bit of fighting going on. You know, there is a life outside of the NHL, folks. But, uh, well, because they ain't fighting in the NHL, I can tell you that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's been, uh, you know, a few things to watch anyway, we'll put it that way, but, uh, yeah, speaking of YouTube, if, uh, I've actually, I've uploaded, I've, I've been actually uploading onto my channel, I've uploaded, I don't know, six or seven fights, uh, in the last couple days, actually, I just finished uploading an Andy Bezo fight, and, uh, and actually a Yablonski-Brad Booth fight, uh, from the West Coast League from 2001, I just uploaded it literally 20 minutes ago, so, uh, Fourth line voice on YouTube. Please check out the channel. I have over two thousand videos on the channel. Um, every league, uh, it's everything sorted. So the little microscope or the microscope, the little uh, what do you call those things? Eyeglass that you can search engine. Um, help me with the words. Uh, just type in what ECHL, AHL, IHL, blah blah blah. Whatever league you're looking for, it'll all come up. And uh, yeah, check it out. Subscribe to the channel, please. If you happen to watch a video that and you like it, hit the hit the little thumbs up button. I know it's corny, but YouTube loves the engagements and it helps in the algorithms. But please subscribe. And uh, if you happen to be listening to this pod, well, you're, if you listen to this, obviously you're listening to this podcast. This podcast, any podcast that you listen to, download, don't stream. That's how we get paid. But please subscribe to the channel. 
And uh, while you're there, if you could rate the show, rate the episode, rate the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated, whether it be on Apple or iTunes or Spotify, whatever platform you're listening to, because, it, again, it helps out in the algorithm. I'm not just saying it for my show, but for Alex, uh, Joe's, Terry's, whoever's, any podcast, well, I, I always say, I think Spit and and Joe Rogan can, can live without your rating. They'll be okay in the algorithms, but... Uh, no, for the smaller mom and pop shows, if you guys, as listeners, that's the one little thing that you could do for us uh, that would help us out. And um, yeah, if you could do that, that would be cool. All right. Shut up, Darren. I know. Let's get into this. I've, I've been holding, I've actually had these hockey cards for about, man, about five days now. They've been uh, sitting here on the desk and I've been staring, uh, burning a hole through them and uh, wanting to open them. So here we go. There we go. The sound of card. What, did, what year did I say it was? 93-94 Opeachy Premier. Here we go. Top card. Stefan Richet. I believe this guy had a 50 goal season. Did he not? Yes, he did. 87-88 Montreal. 50 goals, 28 assists. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Put it in. Somebody's got to put it in. He ain't passing me the salt across the table, though. I can tell you that. Uh, Darren Shannon. In the picture, he's on the face-off draw with Marty McSorley. Do I put that? So does he go in the Goon Collection because Marty makes an appearance? Yeah, maybe not. Mike Goalie, Mike Richter. Goalie Wendell Young from Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh's Paul Stanton. Oh, come on here. We're the pack's dying here early. Oh, Scott Mallaby. There we go. We saved it. Ked from the Morning Skate Show would be all over that. UE Croup. There you go. Lazito's happy out there. Claude Lemieux. Ugh. Great playoff performer, though. I'll give him that. Dmitry Karlamov. Dmitry Yuskevich. Oh, come on. These old card, the old card, they all stick together. Billy Ranford. Tony Granado. Down to two cards left here, folks. Come on now. Dave Christian. Last card. Oh, it's sticking here. Mark Freer, wow boy, that, uh, tell you back in the day, if you had dropped a dollar on that pack, you wouldn't be happy. Well, there you go, that's, uh, other than Mellonby, the rest are going into recycling. Uh, all right, well, hey, before we get into the, here's to you. There we go, cheers, Saturday night, first in this hand. All right. Um, yes, well, the only, the only comment I'm going to say is, um, no, well, I was going to say about, uh, the whole Connor Bedard thing. Um, anybody that thinks Corey Perry slept with Bedard's mother, you're an idiot and I have a bridge to sell you. And, uh, yeah. Um, like I was saying on online, I know people have been, it's been everywhere and, and everybody, it's like, oh, it's it's funny and whatever. Oh, welcome to the big leagues, kid. That's what happens. It's like, no, that's not what happens. Uh, it does now with social media and the cesspool that that is. And, um, you know, you get the Stifler's mom thing and all that. I mean, I get the jokes and, you know, okay. But I think people, well, obviously people forget. Or they don't really care. I should say that. They probably don't really care. Um, you know, there's a family involved in this. You know, Bedard. And is you know eighteen his mom and he has they have to go through this bullshit and uh, you know I'm sure they don't find any humor in it and um, 
Yeah, and so to think, oh, you're in the NHL now, so you just you have to put up with that. Nah, people, yeah, they're humans; they don't need to put up with that shit. I mean, obviously, part of the cesspool of social media. In that sense, I guess. Okay, I guess in that sense, they do have to put up with it, unfortunately, because that's the society we live in. We're you know, basically a world of morons. So, but no, I feel sorry for the kid and having to put up with that bullshit and the fact that like. Okay, the rumor, uh you know, whatever. There, believe me, there were so many pinheads that believed it. Like the one guy's like, I, I kind of put that on social media. The one guy goes, "Oh yeah, prove to me it didn't happen, brah." Oh, oh, oh. Well, okay. Well, prove to me that it did, brah. You fucking idiot. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I love that one. Oh well, prove it didn't happen. Well, no one's proved it did. So you know, if you're making the allegation shouldn't she have some proof i mean that's you know again i'm yelling to the abyss clearly you don't need anything anymore other than a keyboard and bunch of that. I mean, that's why you friggin dopes believe anything you I always laugh it's the same bozos that love to yell fake news you yell fake news about everything but if it's on the internet you believe it though you know it's just oh you morons oh there's so like what did pt barnum always say there's a sucker born every minute still stands trial today yeah, oh, some of you, it's just so easy to con. <laughs> well, eh, clearly, as history has indicated here lately. Just embarrassing. But, anyway, enough of that. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? It's like, uh, you know, eh, that's about it. I really don't have too much to say. Um, you know, like I said, uh, uh, Rob and I, we, we talk here for a long time, so I think you guys will really enjoy uh, the conversation, and Rob's a good dude. I want to thank him again for coming on and taking the time, and uh, yeah, guys, let's get into it. Uh, we gotta, we got to do some sponsorship. we got to do some, some housekeeping, keep the lights on here, uh, you know, with the, all the bowl season around the corner and the NHL winding, or NFL winding down. Hey, maybe think about, uh, I know, I, I'm doing the sales pitch for the gambling, but... Uh, uh, it's a pretty good deal with DraftKings. If you don't have a DraftKings account and you're thinking about getting one, you, you know, deposit a few bucks and get 200. It's not, it's not a bad little deal. I have to, to be completely honest. It's, uh, you know, all these gambling sites, whether it be DraftKings or whoever, they're all, tr- they're all trying to get your business, right? So they're offering pretty insane sign up deals. So if there's nothing, um, cause I've, I, the reason I say this is because I had a guy ask me, like, is that, le- well, for, is that legitimate with the DraftKings thing? I'm like, well, yeah. Like, what do you think? I'm running a Ponzi scheme over here? Like, you know, like, yeah, DraftKings is legitimate. Believe me, they're a billion dollar business. You're not going to get ripped off. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's just what he said. I'm like, really? You know, are you the same guy that think Bedard, Perry slept with Bedard's mom? You know, but, uh, yeah, it, uh. It's a, it's a, if you're, like I said, if you, if you don't gamble, I mean, don't worry about it. Just fast forward. You don't give a shit. Right. But for those that are, uh, that enjoy the sports gambling or whatever, if you don't have a DraftKings account, um, yeah, it's a good opportunity to sign up and, and use our promo code. It would, uh, it would help out the network. It helps me out and Alec and Joe out. And well, maybe that's not the ringing endorsement that I think it is. Hmm. Might have to re, might have to, <laughs> hmm. I might have to storyboard that one. Get back to you. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm, it's Saturday night and I'm giddy. I'll shut up. But uh, I want to, uh, as I always say with with you guys, um, in all seriousness, no, um, I know there's 
hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. And uh, I appreciate the interactions on social media, whether it be on Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram. I'm, I'm getting the hang of the Instagram, folks. Uh, bear with me. I, I'm, I, it's a little clunky. I don't know if I'm a big fan of the gram, as the kids say, but I'm on there. Um, but yeah, please follow me on social media if you uh, want to drop me a line. My DMs are always open, as the kids say. Um, if you're not on social media, congratulations, you're smarter than the rest of us. But if you, but you want to get a hold of me, email me. Hockeyfights at Hotmail. I'm old school. Hockeyfights at Hotmail.com. Send me an email. Uh, tell me a story. Ask a question. Want to come on the show? Want to share a story? Share some pictures? Whatever. If you're a f- fellow fight fan, I'm, I always enjoy uh connecting and listening to the stories and uh yeah because i always say it's it's we try to build the community atmosphere here and uh there isn't many of us left us uh us hockey fight fans there are a lot of people that claim to be fight fans and but when it comes right down to it they actually hate it so us uh us diehards there's there's not many of us but we're vocal i guess we'll put it that way but i i really and that was one of the things um having having rob on is like the whole, even the, the fight, because, you know, again, as people, long-term listeners know, you know, obviously I started on the fried chicken website, then hockeyfights.com, and then drop your gloves, and, you know, and there was always that message board and that sense of hockey fight fans and the community and, and trading tapes and then DVDs, etc. and I've met a lot of great people through that hobby and, and through this podcast, I've met a lot of people, and it's, it's really given me the, that's the best part about this podcast is the opportunity it's it's given me to to reach out and talk to so many people around the world and uh you know have have a lot of you guys on or if not coming on but at least conversing and you know privately and stuff and uh it's been great and uh, i really enjoy it and that's that's been the whole point of this that's been the whole point of this show so um and i've always said i mean i've had great player interviews and i've enjoyed doing that and i enjoy talking to the players but the honestly the biggest kick for me is talking to fellow fight fans and uh because it's just, it's a lot more, really, it's a lot more relatable. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to say it's more enjoyable than the other. But, I mean, it, no, I, I've always, I enjoy it. And that's why, you know, again, it's a question I've had a lot. Um, you know, you know, are you doing player interviews anymore? Are you just interviewing fans? And, um, yeah, probably more fans than players, obviously, at this point. Um, again, I've talked to a bunch of players and... I don't know. It's just, yeah, bro. Yeah. Let me know. And yeah, I'll like, I'll get back to you and you never hear from him again. And it's just, yeah, I'm not like I've, I've said a thousand times, I'm not chasing guys anymore. And, uh, you know, if, the, and clearly it's not that important to them because if it was, they'd get back to me. So, and that's, and I don't, that's fine. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not burning a candle waiting for him. So it's, uh, you know, I got shit to record and things to do. And, um, you know, if you, if they're, if they're wanting to get on and, and proactive and, you know, they're, they're setting up times and, and they're taking it serious, then absolutely. But if you just get the, yeah, I'll let you know, uh, okay, well, whatever, you know, and they never get back to you. It's like, well, forget it then, you know, and that's fine. Like I said, that's cool. But um, if you're a player out there listening and someone gets a hold of you to do a podcast and you don't want to do it, just say no. Really, just say no and, and that everyone can move on. It's good. If I ask you and you don't want to do it, just say no. It's fine. I'm a big boy. I can handle rejection. It's it's okay. The stringing along bullshit's just annoying. 
you know, and there's no need for it. We're all grown adults. It's there's it. No, just say it, you know, spit it out, you know, anyway, enough. Let's get on with things here. All right. Here's the, here's the ad, my sponsors, and then we will get in to my conversation with Rob and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, microphone seems to be working and, uh, hopefully we'll be back Wednesday to talk, talk to you guys again. Thanks, everybody. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're into over-under, Sunday, Columbus is in Boston. Over-under is six. If you're into player props, look into the Blackhawks and the Minnesota Wild. Can Connor Bedard get a point? You can bet on it. Download the app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty eight hours after issuance. See dkng.org com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, here on the fourth line voice, I have a special guest. I have Rob on the line. Rob, how's it going tonight? Oh, I can't complain. If you there you go. If you didn't, so, no one would listen. So there you go. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, you're you're good. I, I've got Rob. He's Rob bedridden, folks. He's on the DL here. We're gonna. I so I got him. I got him pinned down to to do the show. Other than that, you're all over the place. But so I figured uh, while you're true. on the while you're on the injured reserve list, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a call, and we're gonna go over. We're going to do some 10 rapid fire. Well, I don't know about rapid. I always call it rapid fire. I don't think it, rapid's the wrong word. We'll just kind of do 10 questions. And Rob agreed. So here we are. Yep. Here we are, and I'm happy to be here. There we go. Well, thank you. And most folks, for those listening out there, if you're a member of the Hockey Fights and Brawls group on Facebook, Rob, it is that Rob. Oh, you know, if you're a member of the group, you know who I'm talking about. He's always in there. He's, I think he's a Philly guy. He's one of them big Philly Flyer fans, aren't you? At least that's what I read. <laughs> that, that's what I'm accused of a lot, but yeah. I am a, I, I am a born and bred Ranger fan. Oh, another why? That's the other thing I was going to say because of course Rob and I like we're talking like old ladies in a knitting circle here for like the last hour and a half before I even hit record. Um, what is it with you, Ranger? I get all these Ranger guys. You're like the fifth or sixth Ranger fan that I've had on here. For do these ten rapid fires, I don't know. You guys are like fungus on a shower curtain. Try to scrub and scrub and get rid of it, and you keep coming back. Come on, the best fans in the NHL. What do you want? Um, I will. I've never. I New York is one of those places. I've never been. I'd love to go to New York. I've always talked about going to New York. Still mad. I never saw the original Yankee Stadium. That still pisses me off. But uh, that'll be. I'm bitter about that till the day I die. But it's. Uh, I really would like. You know, MSG, right? 
world famous, uh, world's most famous yeah. arena. How much time have you spent at MSG? Oh, I I couldn't even tell you. We um, my my son just went went to a game uh, what last week with my with my folks. But uh, I'll tell you what, if you come to MSG, you could pay like the highest ticket prices in the NHL and sixteen dollars for a beer. But um, it, it's a great venue. I I got to give them that. I'll give them that. It's expensive, but it is a very very good venue. And I would tell you, I've spent probably months worth of my life there. You know, months. Yeah. I can't well, even tell you how many things I've seen at MSG. Yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing, right? It's like the world-famous arena, but, I mean, the problem is, of course, there's hockey, NHL 2023 hockey there, and it's like, so I, I wouldn't go. It's like I, I, I always tell people if the every year when we go to Vegas, they're like, oh, you're going to go to a Knights game? And I'm like, dude, the Knights could be playing in my backyard, and I would close the blinds. I'm like, no, I am not going to an NHL hockey game. I couldn't imagine anything more boring than going to an NHL hockey game these days. Now, if this was like 1991 and I could go see Joey Coaster kick the shit out of somebody at MSG, I would absolutely be going to those games or Darren Langdon, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But not now, not in 2023. I can't do it. Can't do it, Rob. Now, you know what? I, I can't say I blame you. Hockey, hockey is hard to watch. We still go to the games from time to time, but even um, even my, my diehard 70-year-old stepfather doesn't go nearly as much as he used to. Um, you know, the game's changed in a way where at times it's hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, I mean, you know, I've uh, we could go on and on about that and how the game is awful for well, – that's a whole other show. But... Yeah. I think we should. We'll get into happier times here, folks. We're gonna get into better things here. We're gonna go back in time, maybe. Well, Rob's fair. Rob's fairly young, so I don't know these young kids, these thirty-somethings. Who knows what his answers are gonna be? But uh, we'll see. But are you ready? No, oh, I'm ready. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'll throw you a couple softballs early here. Who is your favorite? Number one. Who's your favorite enforcer of all time? Sandy McCarthy. Really? Um, well, there you go. Yes, Andy McCarthy. Um, you know, my he was the first fight I saw. He's the guy that, you know, that that's what got me in the hobby. I know I was telling you earlier, you know, we were at MSG, you know, my first, well, one of my first hockey games, but I'm there with my stepfather, who's a diehard Ranger fan, and he taps me on the shoulder. He said, you see the guy over there, number 10? He's like, yeah, when the puck drops, they're going to fight. And it was his fight with Darcy Hortichuk. Yep. And uh, I was hooked right at that moment. That that was it. I was like 10 years old, and that was it. That's what started me on the hobby. So thank you to Sandy McCarthy, and I guess thank you to Darcy Ortecek, but that's what led me here now. There you go. Yeah, I always think Sandy's one of those guys. I think he's, uh, I think he's actually overlooked by a lot of fight fans. Um, you know, because I, I think maybe maybe younger fans, they kind of see him at the end. A little bit like they see him with New York or with Boston, and it was kind of. Eh. But I mean, Calgary Flame Sandy McCarthy was a killer. Oh yeah, and it, even uh, even his time with the Rangers, you know, he had some good. Yeah. You know, he had a, like the fight with Jody Shelley, Darcy Hornchuk. He had some good ones with Eric Bolton. Um, you know, he wasn't washed up when he got to the Rangers. People think of him more, or what I find anyway, people like, oh, he was done when he got to the Rangers. They think of him after that, like a savage beating he took from Brashear, then seemed like he lost his interest in fighting altogether. Um, and then went to Boston, and then, you know, his career was over. So, but, was, uh, that, was that fight with Brashear when he broke his helmet? 
that pillow yes. puncher Brashear? Because I heard yeah, Brashear, yeah, I've, yeah. I've read Brashear doesn't hit really hard. Is that the fight? That one? Where yeah, that's, the, that's the one you're talking about. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's still a hard one for me to watch, you know. <laughs> so, still yeah. a tough one for me to watch. Ah, it's always yeah. one of those. Losing to Brashear was no shame. A lot of people did it. Despite what a lot of people might say, a lot of people did. So, um, but yeah, Sandy McCarthy. Yeah, no, man, he was a bad dude. For sure he's a bad dude. Uh, yeah, because I can remember when he came up in Calgary and, yeah, oof. Yep. Yeah, he had the look too. You know yeah, what I mean? He, he looked did. like a guy you didn't want to mess with. He had the look. He had the you know the, the handlebar mustache and everything that he had for a while. Yep. Um, you know he just he, he and he played the role well. You know he played yep. the role well, but you know he's I got a soft spot for Sandy. He was the first one, and you know he was on my Rangers, and yeah, you know, that was it. There you Just go. The man. rest is history. I'm down. Absolutely. There we go. Sandy McCarthy. Question number two. Well, like I said, we got to go flip the coin, right? Okay, uh, you got the favorite. Mm-hmm. Who's the most hated? And I always say this yeah, with, yeah. with people. I said, when I say hated, <laughs> I mean, we're not talking like we're wishing death on anybody or anything. It's just like one of those things. As a fan, it's just the wording I'm using. But, you know, hated. But who is your most, who's your most hated enforcer? Oh, God. Uh, Dale, Dale Perrington. And he was, he's the only Ranger player I would... When he fought, I wanted him to lose. I just can't stand Dale Barrington. See, that's um, well, and I, I can tell you that's a sentiment shared by many. But yeah. I, but the funny thing for me, I, I like Purington, man. I was always a Purington fan. He was a, yeah. he, he was an asshole. I loved him. <laughs> oh no, he, he was a major asshole. Oh yeah, I, I think of him. You know, uh, obviously, you know the Ranger Islanders, um, you know rivalry there. And watching him cheap shot and run from Cairns every two seconds, I was it was just painful to watch the the eye gouging on Colton or, you know, stuff like that. I, I'm I'm all about enforcers taking some liberties and um, you know maybe even an occasional cheap shot. But Dale Parenton was was just a I don't know I couldn't stand the guy. Well, that was the crazy thing because of course I can remember Purington from the Western League right in junior. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like that in junior. I mean, it was like he'd fight everybody. And yeah, shit, he was the captain in Lethbridge. Like, I mean, I mean, he'd get goofy now and again. I mean, you know, what everybody back then, especially, you know, the as they would say, the cheese would fall off the cracker now and again. But uh, but overall, like he he was a tough dude, man. Actually, a pretty solid player in junior. And then when he got up in the mine in Hartford and stuff, and it was like. You know, he put up 400 minutes and he's fighting everybody and running around. I always say with Peering that if he had played in like the 70s and early 80s, the dude would have had like a 10-year career because he would have fit right in back then. Problem was, is when he got, by the time he got to the NHL, it was still everybody was fighting and all that stuff, but it was starting to change a little bit. And it was like his antics were just like too much. You know. Yeah, some of the gentleman rules started to come in, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's what you'd call them, which, you know, um, yeah, you know, I I enjoy some goonery myself, you know, but it, yeah. I don't know. Parenton. Oh no, I get it. I yeah. just I just couldn't get behind him, you know. I I thought he was at least in the NHL. Um, you know, he was disappointing for a guy his size. You know, I mean, he was on my team. Um, some of that stuff, like I was talking about with Cairns, was just like embarrassing, you know, to watch. So. Yeah, he had. He yeah. had I don't know what his. Yeah, he went through some. I don't know. Because it was like, he's a tough enough dude, he didn't need to do that stuff, so it was kind of weird. And then he wouldn't sometimes, he would go toe-to-toe and whatever, and then other times, yeah. yeah, like you said, he would, 
I don't know, he'd just do some weird shit, like hide or just almost become like, start playing the pest role. And it's like, ah, dude, you're a little too big to be playing yeah, Sean, we, Sean Avery. Yeah, leave that to Barnaby. Yeah, yeah, yeah leave that yeah. to Matthew Barnaby. You yeah, know what like I mean? Not, not to, uh, you know, he's 230 pounds. You know, you figure. Yeah. I mean, he had some good ones. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. You know, he had that, that great fight with Cummins, you know, as a Ranger, you know, um, you know, and it, 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 there are others I'm just not thinking of right now, but, um, yeah. Oh, but he's certainly, yeah, it was a little hard to root for. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not the first person to say that. You won't be the last. That's for sure. Um, all right. Well, there we go. One, two, uh, number three. Well, and I know, well, anybody that follows Rob on the, on the Facebook group, you know, you're, uh, a collector, you know, we've talked about the fight clips and the DVDs and everything. Rob's an old fight guy from way back, collector and stuff. Um, so watching all these fight tapes that you did, or DVDs back in the day, and fight clips, so I know you're well-versed in this. Um, who is your guilty pleasure? Oh, oh, that's a rough one. That that, that That's a rough one. Nah. Well, that's good. I didn't uh, get... I, I, I threw one at you here. I told you exactly what I was going to ask you, and I said I'm going to hit you with a couple here. So, guilty pleasure. Oh, that's that that that's rough. I um. Oh man, you you got me on that one. You got me there. Well, you could say Barnaby if you want. Like, yeah, you know what? You, you, we were talking about that earlier. I actually heard but. I, I love Barnaby. So do I. I love him on the Rages, his antics, everything, which is kind of funny because some of his antics were similar to Dale Parrington. I guess it was the size thing that got <laughs> yeah, me. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think he was just a great, uh, Barnaby was a great pest, you know, and he had uh, balls of steel. Yeah. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed Matthew Barnaby, so I guess, I, you know what, I, I'll give you that one. You You answered it for me. There you go. Have you read Barnaby's book yet? I have not. Neither have I. It's uh. I'm hoping Santa brings it for me because I have heard very good things about it. So, uh, yeah, I've heard Barnaby's book is very good. So, and I don't doubt it because he's certainly a guy that's not going to hold back and tell it like it is. So, I mean, they can't, and the book's called Unfiltered, which, you know, what else would it be Mm -hmm. called? So, well, speaking of Barnaby and you, you know, you're a Ranger guy and blah, blah, blah. We're going to go off before we go back to question number four here. We're going to go off the path. I just have to ask you, were you an Avery fan? Uh, yes. You know, when he was on the Rangers, I got, I got a kick out of some of his antics too. You know, um, I'm kind of, I kind of root for the villain a little bit. I was the kid that rooted for the bad guy. Me too. You know, um, Roddy Piper over Hulk Hogan every time. Yep. You know, I'm a, that, that, that's the reason why I became a Brashear fan because everybody else hates him. So, um, Yeah. So uh, even even Casparitis, a lot of people hate Darius Casparitis, but he was on my Rangers, and you know what? I enjoyed some of his antics at that time. You know, he was the villain. You know, he played that role sometimes. He takes some liberties, and, you know, I enjoyed that. Yeah. No, I'm right with you. I agree. Oh, I loved Avery, actually. I think I think he comes across as a complete fucking obnoxious asshole off the ice. I think, well, yeah. and I mean, that's why he's not in the NHL anymore. His teammates didn't even like him. So I think he's, I think he personally, he's a goof, but on the ice, oh, tremendous. He made, he made it fun. And when he was doing that shit with Broder, I laughed my ass off when I saw that. And everybody was having a conniption over it. I'm like, I thought it was great. You know? 
Who was it that he said uh, there's, there's a habit in the NHL of people falling in love with my sloppy seconds? Um, oh, why can't enough. I think right now? Who that was? Yep. D- yeah. Yep. With Alicia Cuthbert. Like, yeah. You say that in an interview? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. You got And you had to expect a response, right? Yeah. You know, so I got to give him that much. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 I I'd say I'm a Avery fan. I like I, I like throwing Avery. Yep. Yeah, yeah, me too. No, as a player, he's a good player too. That's too bad. Like I said, his mouth got him out of the league because it wasn't he wasn't it wasn't that he didn't have skill. He was good. He was a solid player, but he just I think he was too busy towards the end. I think he was too busy trying to be Sean Avery. He was trying to play a character, and I think he forgot to play hockey. I don't know what his deal was, but. Yeah, but he was—he always made the game exciting. That's for sure. There was always something going on when he was around. So, uh, what was that? That was question three. Guilty player. All right. Uh, well, here's another one. If you could have season tickets in any for any team in any year, what would it be? Who would it be? Oh wow! Oh wow! Um, you, you know, I. Uh... Just to get to watch it happen, it would have to be the Red Wings during Probert's prime. You know, him and Kosher, the Bruce Brothers, um, that that would have to be it. Yeah, kind of that 87-88-ish um, kind of thing? Yeah, that, that, let's say yeah, 87 to like uh, 91 Red Wings. Um, mm-hmm. j- just to get to see those two play on the same team. And uh, I, I mean, that was, you know, one of the best. I mean, that, that might be the best prime run anybody's ever had that probe run so i think that that might be it that might be the one i'd want to be front and center for every day i think that's that's a good one that's a good one um yeah i I can't think of a better one there we go all right so that's four question five uh it never happened but what what like what what's your dream matchup oh geez that never happened yep you know, I I want to say Probert and Ben Wilson, although they did have that, like, hugging match fight, but um, like a prime on prime, you know, yeah. Probert and Ben Wilson, um, held Dave Brown and Ben Wilson, you know, in their, in their prime. Like, I, you know, my top three, you know, when I did the, the top 50 list with Probert, Brown, and Wilson. Now, yep. I wouldn't argue with you if you put any one of them number one. I wouldn't argue with you. Um but I think to see them in their prime go at it, you know, the the guys who I think are, you know, the three best, you know, ever, I, I, I'm going to say prime Ben Wilson and prime Bob Probert. You know, I'd pay good money to watch that. That's a good one. That's a good one. There you go. Good answer. Um, well, for those listening, um, and like I said, if you're on the fight, Facebook group and everything else, you, you know Rob, he's all over their place and he's always – putting up polls and fight clips and everything else. He definitely keeps that site running. I know, William, you, you do a bang-up job, but Rob definitely uh, creates controversy and creates comments as, as uh, being on that uh, Facebook group. You and I were kind of, we we, I was telling you, like, if, if it wasn't, those Facebook groups have given me content for, for days. Um, when you first got on, I guess, well, you go back to the old, well, you go back to fried chicken and the old hockeyfights.com boards yeah. and then onto Facebook. So you've been around the old message board days and everything else. So this is sort of a generalized question that you can, you can, you can include hockeyfights.com and fried chicken in the answer. But, um, 
okay, I'm I'm looking at how I wrote this, and it's I'm I've worded it goofy, but because uh, I've actually never asked anybody this question before, this is a new question. Um, uh, what, what what surprised you the most when you joined those groups amongst fight fans? Like, what was your biggest surprise? You know, uh, I think it's the the inability to just see things as they are. You know, like the the Homer glasses get me. Like you, yeah. and, and it's you know it's on the group now or. Um, just, uh, you're talking about grown people, right? So you could put up something very obvious and they will argue it or make excuses for it as if it, you know, this is a life altering stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's uh, the lack of objectivity, I think blows my mind more than anything. I said, I'm a Ranger fan and I would never sit there and argue that a Ranger won a fight they clearly didn't win. Sandy McCarthy's my favorite of all time. I don't have him number one. I do not argue that he um, won fights he lost or didn't lose fights that he lost. Like, you know, just see things as they are. Yeah. Um, so that's, that that would be it. I'd say, like, the lack of objectivity um, yeah. would be it, you know. Uh, some of the fanboy stuff is shocking, you know, with these, like, uh, some of these outrageous claims people make that is just blatantly wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, that's a good answer. More than anything else. Yeah, yep. There we go. Uh, so, one, two, I'm losing my track here already. One, two, three, four, that was six. Really? We're on question seven already? Holy, we're flying here. Um What okay? Which uh, <clears throat> uh, which fighter? Maybe maybe he didn't get a shot in the NHL at all. Maybe he did briefly. But who do you wish got a better opportunity, bigger opportunity? Oh, there's a there's a few, but well, you, well Steve McIntyre. Steve McIntyre would be you know we we were talking about him earlier you know off air, but um to me. Steve McIntyre was like a bigger, stronger version of Jim McKenzie. You know, a guy, he hit harder than McKenzie, but he was a, a great two-handed fighter, big, strong, had all the tools. Um, and, you know, he just got a taste of the NHL, you know, more than others, you know. Um, but uh, if, if we're talking about other minor league guys, uh, you know, Brandon Sugden, um, from my time, I think he he was a phenomenal fighter I would have liked to have seen. Yep. Jeremy Yablonski. Yep. Um, and then we'll, we'll go back a little bit. Link Gates, you know, um, who wouldn't have loved to have seen Link Gates have 200 NHL fights, Yeah, you know, and see what, what, you know, what the missing link could have done, you know, with a, uh, you know, with more time in the NHL, yep. you know, cause he, he was a force to be reckoned with too, you know? Well, and that's, um, the, and that's the funny thing with Gates. And I've often said this, I, and, and same thing actually with McIntyre, I think people, cause it seemed, it seemed weird, but I think people think those guys played in the NHL a lot longer than they actually did. It's like yeah, no they, McIntyre. McIntyre doesn't even have thirty NHL fights. No, you no. know, twenty uh, something. Link Gates is another one. Um, yeah. The twenty some odd, you know, yeah. NHL fights and no, the, Link, the two well, of them. Link I Gates mean, played like sixty games in his career, but I think yeah. people think he had like a some like a six or seven year career. No, you know? no, he. It, that's a that comes up a lot when I do like the the top fifty people. Like, what about Link Gates? I'm like, he, he doesn't really qualify as a top fifty all time NHL fighter. He just doesn't have the body of work. Yeah. I don't doubt that he could have been. Oh, for um, sure. From what I've seen, you know, uh, yeah. but he just doesn't have the body of work. And they're like, oh, we had that fight with Probert. I'm like, yeah, I, I understand that. But one 
that one singular epic. I mean, what an epic fight that was, but yeah, um, Troy, Troy that, Crowder that one had that singular... fight with Probert too. You know, like yeah, and it, it, Crowder too is another one. You know, it, it, you think I mean he had a you know he had a long run in the NHL. It's just his uh, the back injuries. Yeah, um, but he could have been a force too. I mean, Crowder hit like a freight train. Um, you know, at his best, Crowder's as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, but does that make him a top fifty guy? You know, um, no. You know, uh, same thing with uh, for me anyway. Link Gates. I don't doubt that he could beat a lot of people on my top fifty, but he doesn't have the resume for it. Yeah, at least that's how I look at it. You know, when I do those lists, that the longevity thing is a big, big factor for me. So me too. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like like a lot of times like you do, like while well, we were talking before we got going, and that's another for those lists. Well, anybody that listens to my show on the regular kind of knows I. You know, I do a ton of lists. Well, I always say there's a reason I do a ton of lists. is because people love fucking lists. So it's like, yes, I do lists a lot. Um, and whenever I do a list, like somebody, you know, everybody, oh, who's your top 10? Who's your top 10? I think I finally did a top 10. And it was sort of like, I kind of got a few responses. And it was like, well, where's Bugart? And I'm like, he didn't play long enough. And they're like, yeah, but look at his fight card. And it's like, that was always my thing with Bugard. It's like, yeah, he could have. I mean, unfortunately, with the circumstances that happened. But it's like, now, do I think Bugard could beat Probert? And those, yeah. Like, I, you know, he certainly could. You know, if they had a fight, I mean, I'm not, oh, Ben Wilson would have killed Bugard. No, he would not. No, no. No. Now, could Wilson have beat him? Sure. Could Bugard have beat him? Yes. You know, for sure. So I'm like, Bugard's in that talk with all those people. But my whole thing was, is like with the longevity thing. And that's always been my, one of my kind of bigger criteria when I do a list is longevity. So, you know, and other people do it different, whatever. I have longevity. So it's like, I can't have Bugard in there because he really wasn't around long enough, unfortunately. But although I still, I guess he still had, what did he have? 60, 70 some fight? Oh, maybe, maybe as I'm saying it now, I'm arguing with myself. Well, maybe he did fight enough to get in there. Huh. Nah, because I, yeah. th- I don't think he had 100 NHL fights, though. I don't think No, he no, he did not. No. So, yeah, all right. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing. Although, how many did Ben Wilson have? That's the other one. Uh, he had to have over 100, though, I would think. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ben, well, I think he was right at it. I think he had, like, 98. Really? Um, yeah. So... You know, actually, I could... You know what I'll do? I will pull it up right now. Um, See, I told you, I always have thing, all Rob, this stuff handy. Yeah, so. I was going to say, Rob's got these uh, the old DYG fight card. That's the one thing with the Wayback Machine that's really cool. Um, well, they have a bunch of the NHL stuff. For some reason, I don't know why, you can almost get any LNAH guy on drop on the Wayback yep. Machine. The LNAH, you can get like totals and guys. For never mind Western League and OHL, forget it. But for some reason, the NHL and LNAH, you can get tons of guys. I don't know what the Wayback Machine if they're big LNAH fans or what, but um, I know it drives me nuts though because there's not a lot of minor league guys that you can get. But, but, uh, ninety-eight, well, ninety-eight NHL fights for Ben Wilson, according to to Drop Your Gloves. Well, so there you go. So now, well, now I'm oh, shit. Now maybe I have to, I might have to alter my top ten a little bit now. Huh. Well, because I always said Bugard didn't fight enough. He wasn't around long enough. Well, maybe he was. Huh. Yeah, I mean, Bugard, I, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it's around 70. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 70 NHL fights. Um, you know, uh, even uh, I think McGratton 
had like like a hundred, a hundred and ten. Like he he wasn't. Yeah. He didn't have a tremendous quantity either. Um, but they're a product of the, you know. Uh, oh, it's their environment, know, right? When, like, oh yeah, if they had played in the nineties, they would have had, they would have been the guys with twenty five, thirty fight seasons. You know. Yeah, just, sure. Yeah, was yeah. it wasn't them? Not you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, and that's the other thing. I mean, it's always hard with eras too, right? Because it's like yeah. obviously things changed and everything else. So, yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. I almost I've I've now talked myself out of it right on the air. Well, there you go. Um, um, okay. Well, this is another question. This is a new question I'm trying out. You're going to be the guinea pig with this question. Um, you know, when you ever you play, uh, you know, you know the Sega Gen or not Sega Genesis. Listen to me, how I'm dating myself. Pardon me. The PlayStation or the Xbox or whatever the kids are playing these days, and you're uh, you're going to the and it's like you build your own player or whatever. We're going to build our own enforcer here. We're going to build the prime enforcer. So if we're building our enforcer, what, whose punching power are you going to use? Ooh. Oh, that's, a, that, that's tough. You got to, you know, who, yeah, who guards up there, coaches up there, but I, I got to pick one, right? So yeah, I'll go with, uh, I'm going to go with Derek Bugard. All right. Who's punching chin? power, Derek Bugard. Whose chin would you have? Oh, wow. You know, not an NHL guy. Is that all right? You can be whoever you want. You can be the guy down the street if you want. Hey, Steve Borsi. That's an intro. Okay. Where did you throw? I didn't even know you were an LNH guy. Where are you throwing that out from? What made you think of Bossy? Yeah, you know, I've been watching a lot of his a lot of his video lately. Yeah. Um, and you watch him go right. Watch his fights with Morasti. I I don't know if I've ever seen somebody eat that many punches and not go down. I mean, this guy. This guy knocked out John Morasti three times in one season. Yes. In toe-to-toe slugfest, or you watch, um, I mean, you, even guys like Jablonski, I mean, they had, they had, they had uh, iron chins. I mean, he got dropped, but um, off the top of my head, or at least right now, and this answer could change if you ask me at a week from now. But uh, I'm say a guy like Steve Bossy, that did, the guy took some serious punishment, and I, I never seen him dropped anyway. Uh, no, well, Mayrad's the only guy that I could think of, uh, that dropped him. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, well, there was a reason he was the UFC fight of the year too. I mean, that's the other thing, right? I mean, he was in the UFC and got fight of the year. So, uh, yeah. And he took it and didn't go down. So, um, so Chint, there you go. You threw me with her. Uh, stamina. Oh, uh, Marty McSorley. Yeah. Or, or Bob Robert, but, uh, yeah. I was going to kind of Marty, say, you, you could go Probert, Marty, or Langdon. Those are three. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to, you know, I, I'll give Marty his due there. I mean, if, if, if he wasn't the best, he's, he's one of the best, you know, yeah. stamina wise. You, you weren't, you, you weren't going to outlast him. No. You know? Uh, temperament. Hmm. You know, I like, like the, uh, kind of that, 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 wild temperament too um yeah we were talking about the rock earlier he he was too gentle right that that didn't yeah. make him a great you know i i said i think he's a great fighter not a great enforcer because he was he was too yeah too gentle you know um yeah you know give, give me a guy like Semenko. yeah you know a guy that'll come for you you know if, if if he has to you know you 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 didn't have the option to not drop the gloves with a guy like dave Semenko. 
Yep. You know, he was coming for you one way or the other, and uh, if that meant taking a suspension, he would do it. So, yep. you know, if I want an enforcer on my team, yeah, we'll go with the temperament of Dave Semenko. Well, there we go. So we got uh, Bugard's power with Bosse's chin with McSorley's stamina and Semenko's temperament. Oh, I'll tell you, I don't think too many people will be beating that guy. There we go. Yep. Yeah, you know what? I'll add one for you. What about a what about hand speed like Craig Berube? There you go. Yeah. yeah, give him something like that. A guy that uh, that threw him fast. You know, imagine somebody throw that. that like, look at Bugard. Like he he wound up right. That's what you know. You, you saw him in his fight. Let's say like like Chris Simon and the fight he had with Brashear, and it, the speed killed him. Right, he was too slow to get those punches off. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he was throwing those heavy punches like Baruby would. Yeah, you know, you're, you're talking about. You know, this is a guy. I don't think anybody's beating him, you know, if you take all those tools and put them in one guy. Yeah. No, no one's beating that guy. No, for yeah. sure. Well, there we go. That was pretty good. Build your own enforcer. Well, there we go. So, okay, that was uh, question eight. All right. No, that was question seven. Question eight, best fight you've seen live? Yeah, you, you know, uh, I'm going to have to go back to the beginning there. Uh, McCarthy and Hordachuk. Yeah. You know, um, that was a, that was a great great fight that I've seen live, um, and it was the first one I saw live too. Um, actually, I saw a lot of duds, uh, you know, live at MSG. Yeah. Um, so that that one stands out to me, and I don't know if it's my first or, I mean, it was a great toe to toe slugfest. So that's um, that that's the one I'm going to go with. There you go. Oh, actually, it was question nine. Uh, there we go. Question though, the final question. We're at number ten. All right. Oh, that was quick. That's a half an hour. We're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but um, the hall, the Hockey Hall of Fame has decided to open an enforcer wing. Who were your first three inductees? Mm. You know, I, I, I guess, I guess I would go right off the top fifty list, right? You know, Bob Probert, Dave Brown, uh, Ben Wilson. Although now, you know what, his overall, like even Wilson, he doesn't have the, the big fight card or anything like that. So, you know, maybe not. Um, yeah, I guess if your first three, I don't, I think Probert and Brown, I don't think you could go wrong with those two. No. Um, See, I know other people that I've asked this question to. Of course, the answer, you know, the first one's like Ferguson, John Ferguson, because he was sort of the original enforcer. Uh, yeah, you know what, Dave Schultz, Dave, Dave, Schultz. Dave Schultz, you know, yeah. you throw, I mean, Kind of ushered in the goon era, so to speak, the the bullies and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. I mean, even, um, and I'm not a big fan of his, um, but like Ty Domi, you know, how do you not, you know, how do you not talk about the guy who has the most NHL fights? You know, the guy yeah. who did it the most. And uh, and I'm not even a big, I'm not, I'm not a big, big Domi fan. I don't dislike him, but I'm not a, you know, a, a big Domi fan. But, you know, I, I couldn't think of, uh, there's only a handful of people you could think of that are more deserving than Ty Domi, right? Yeah. Or you go like Tiger Williams, the all-time penalty minute leader, you know, so it's... Yeah. yeah. Tiger Williams, that's a, that's a guy, um, pe- people always, I see him, they, they put him on the list, they do this stuff, and that. I think he did, doing something often and doing it well are two different things. You know, and I, I didn't really find, at least from the video I've seen, which I've seen a lot of... Um, Tiger Williams, I, I didn't think he was a great fighter. No. Um, 
you know, he, so he had, he had balls of steel, would fight everybody, and would it was willing oh, God, and put yeah. up a lot of fights, but he wasn't particularly great at it. He was no, just, so he, that, that, he was uh, just crazy. That's all. Like yeah, nuts. Yeah, which is good. actually yeah, and a, and a, like and a far and a far better player than people give him credit for. He was awesome. He was a power forward. Like he had a multiple yeah. twenty and thirty goal seasons. Like Tiger Williams could play. He was really good. And, uh, you know, as well as doing all the fighting, um, he did a ton of fighting, got a ton of penalty minutes, but yeah, like even in Toronto, like on those early leaf teams, I mean, when he'd go into Philly, I mean, he'd fight three times in our Boston, he'd go fight three times a night, you know, he'd go fight Jonathan Lissick and O'Reilly in the third, right? Like, I mean, guy was crazy. Now, was he going three and oh, no, you know, but he would do, do it. So, but yeah, I don't think the, I don't. I certainly wouldn't have him anywhere near a top 10 list or anything. No. But. No, that, that, that was a fun project, too, doing the uh, the top 50 and stuff like that. That was fun. And, uh, you know, even that, that opened my eyes to a lot of guys, too. You know, um, you know well, as much as you think you know, you start to overlook people, too. You know, you forget well, things. Yeah, I mean, it's not, know, so. well, and there's no right or wrong answer, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's all opinion. Well, that was what I was going to ask you, because I even said that when you posted it. I was like, "Holy shit!" The top ten's hard. Now you're going with fifty. Like that's pretty ambitious. When you uh, when you were kind of when you do stuff like that, because I know you take the shit. You know, you're not just throwing out names to throw out names. I mean, you're kind of serious about it. Like, kind of, what's your criteria? Like, what do you what you're, when you did your fifty? Like, what was your like? We had talked initially here a little while ago about longevity, etc. But like, how did you how do you arrive on a top fifty? Like, what's your deal? Well, like like the, the... The first half of it is much easier than the back half of it. Yep. Right. So, like, once you get past top twenty-five, you know. So when you're looking at the top twenty-five guys, you know, maybe you know, there's fifty candidates, right? You break that down: longevity, um, you know, and and some of it's opinion based. You know, like the quality of their prime run, right? Yes. Like yeah. Bob Probert's prime run, I think, is the best um, we've seen. You know, I've watched all the video. I've, you know, I have all the fight cards and all that, and his really stands out as far as memorable fights go. You know, a guy like Bob Probert in his prime run, he had so many memorable fights. Um, and that's why I had him number one. But so you, a lot of it was their record against other guys on the top 50. So even if I just threw the, the 50 names together, how many times did they fight them? Um, quality of their fight card, that was a big one. You know, that's where certain guys... Um, you know, fell down my list quite a bit, you know, when I saw, you know, well, really, how many top 50 guys did they fight? You know, how, how many, um, you know, how many times did they, they fight each other? Guys like Bob Probert, you know, when you talk about fight card quality, Probert, Brashear, Domi, and Grimson stood out head and shoulders better than everybody else. Well, and, I hate, to, and, I, hate to, and I hate to cut you off because it's funny. And I've been said this and I've been, I've had people yell at me over this. But as but a guy that gets mentioned in the top people's top tens a lot, at least top fifteens for sure, but top ten a lot, uh, and who I felt his fight card is eh, is Coser. Coser's yeah, fight yeah, card co- when he was in Detroit sucked, and and there's a yeah, lot well, of Jerome Probert was doing on. the heavy lifting exactly. Yeah, so but- it's kind of like I think when Probert when Coser got to New York, he got better. Well, I don't want to say better, but he became yeah. the number one. In Detroit, he yeah. was completely Robin to Probert's Batman. 
And I don't care what any... Now, I'm not saying Koser couldn't have fought the guys Probert did, because he certainly could have, but he didn't. There's a lot of Jerome DuPonts on Koser's card when he was in Detroit, and like sure. Jamie McCowan and stuff. So that's why I always had a hard time initially with the whole putting Koser in that in that upper echelon initially, because it's like, eh, it's not, you know, guys fighting Jamie McCowan. It's like, come on, you know, like, and like... Brad's, you know, I was kind of just, eh. He, uh, when he got to New York, it changed. Because then he became the number one guy. And then he started, like, messing up number one guys, right? So it's like, okay. But my one of my knocks on Coaster, not that it's huge. I'm not saying it was that he was beating up first-line Swedes or anything. But initially, I think his fight card was a little weak, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, um, I have the... Like at least my top fifty, so it's a little subjective, of course. But um, Not everybody's is. Yeah, he, he he guys with fifty or more fights, right, against that top fifty list. You know, from the bottom, I had Dave Brown had fifty. Um, you know, you had Ken Baumgartner had fifty three, all the way up to the top. You know, you had Berkshire at one hundred and one, Stu Grimson ninety four, Tydomi ninety three. It, it's hard to compare. You know, uh, it's not apples to apples when you look at Kosher, who has less than 50 fights against the top 50, to a guy like, let's say, Ty Domi, who has 93, or Stu Grimson, who has 94. Exactly. So, you know, at the same the time, it's like, oh, well, Kosher's record's better. Well, yeah, but it's yeah. like, again, we're, like you just said, it's the quality yeah. of opposition, right? Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I Kosher's in my top 10. I have him at number six. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you, you are absolutely correct there compared to just about everybody except for Ben Wilson. Um, ahead of him, his fight card is nowhere near as good as, you know, the guys I have ahead of him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And even some of the guys behind him, you know. Uh, Kosher's fight card is not as good as Sandy McCarthy's. You know, yeah. it's not as good as guys, just guys below him. Grimson, Ruby, McKenzie, McSorley um, all had much better fight cards than Kosher. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where, like, mm-hmm. I, that's where, and that's where I fall in with the with the top ten because I don't think, I'm trying to think if I had Coaster in my top ten. I don't think I did, and uh, and, it, and that was my reasoning. So I had Marty in there. I think I had Marty at six, and everybody's like, you know, Marty had a Joey, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not saying like when they, well, they did fight a few times, but it was like, yeah. um, I don't think anybody could really claim victory over the other guy very much. But it's like I just said, I think McSorley's just had a better card and just fought more top guys, and Coaster did, so that's what gave me the nod. But it's like. Yeah, but then at the same time, you got Coaster, like, knocking guys out that Marty didn't. You know, Marty wasn't a huge power guy, so it's like, no. okay, well, now we're doing style of fights. It's like, well, okay. But, I mean, you know, and, like, the one guy, well, while his power, it's like, all right, well, then where do you put Rob Ray then? Well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, Ray had more knockouts than Coaster did. No, he didn't. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, he did, but it was like, now, I don't know. It's like... Rob you know, Ray's tough for me because yeah. I'm like a, you know, I'm like a um, a numbers guy, right? So I like to see, like, win-loss records and things like that. And Rob yeah. Ray is not shining there at all. Um, but he has those those memorable fights and those those absolute wars and, and of course, the, you know, the knockdown or, or TKO uh, fights. And I find that Rob Ray is a guy that either people vastly overrate or vastly underrate. Yep. 
you know, I, I found that it's very hard to get somebody that's objective. I've had people tell me, oh, if Rob Ray's not in the top ten, the list is garbage. I'm like, Rob Ray does not belong in the top ten. No. And then I've had people tell me Rob Ray doesn't belong in the top 100. I'm like, that's also ridiculous. That's equally as ridiculous as him being in the top 10. Now, I, I have him. He fell for me right, be, right below Chris Nyland, right ahead of Darren Langdon, Rob Ray at number 41 yep. when I did that list. And I, and I think, at least you know, for me and the, my criteria and the research that I did and the video I watched, you know, I think that's fair. That's um, what I would have him. I'd have him in the 40s yeah. if I was doing a top 50, yep. And I mean, and this idea that Ray was only good when his jersey came off is ridiculous. I'm like, he got oh, yeah, way I, I, better when the jersey yeah. stayed on. But I said he was also mm-hmm. getting older and entered his prime at that time. And, yeah, Co- and, and that's, Rob Ray made a massive improvement from his first bunch of years. Oh, his first couple yeah. of years with Buffalo, he was a punching bag. He was certainly yeah. willing. He was take on anybody. He was nuts that way. But he was a catcher. But, yep. Yeah. He had those great fights with, uh, you know, he had some great fights with Dave Brown at that time. Yeah, well, he, uh, you know, on, um, on my friend Alec on the Five for Fighting podcast, he had Rob Ray on his show. And Rob Ray said that fight made his career. It was the Dave Brown fight. That's what turned his yeah, career but, around. Because that's what gave yeah, him yeah, confidence. As soon as he caught Dave Brown, he said who he thought was the best. It was like, okay, I can do this. I'm, I can be yeah. that. I can be that guy now, right? Like I can be in this yeah. conversation. And it, from that yeah, on, you know he, he was right. He went. He went full bore. Ray was awesome at yeah. the end of his career. Like yeah. when his jersey stayed on, and he went through. Like he had that war. Those wars with Domi. He had those. Yep. Oh yeah. Like Viet. Like war, laws. Warrell. Like he fought everybody. And Karens dropping Karens, and like Rob Ray was awesome. And it was like. This idea that he was only good when his jersey came off is ridiculous. Well, that the whole jersey coming off thing that comes up on on the forum. I can here I am the forums um, on well, no, the, the group, but that's true because that's this yeah. new, it, it's this new age thing with it's it's we're going to shit on Probert and Ray because they came out of their jerseys. Like yeah, he's somehow like oh yeah, and that somehow oh. just discredits everything they ever did. It's like okay, yeah. you know, no that that. That was not again. How I look at it is that wasn't against the rules at the time, exactly. right? So anybody could have done the same thing. And frankly, yeah. if if you were going into a fight with with Bob Probert at that time or Rob Ray at that time, and you chose to stay in your jersey, I think that's a foolish move on your part. Yeah, because you sh- you know that's coming. Yeah, and you know you could have done the same, and you didn't. Yeah. And there you go. So yeah. well, you know, talk a... about it all you want, but yeah, maybe there, they were just that... being smarter. Yeah, well, and that was the other thing that people also forget, too. There was lots of jersey modifications going on. It didn't just oh, mean yeah. that your jersey came on. I mean, you had Dave Brown with a skin-tight left sleeve. You had other, oh, yeah, yeah. hell, you had John Cordick with Velcro sleeves that would come off. You had other guys that would spray their jerseys with, like, Crisco and shit, so it was slippery. I yeah. mean, there was lots of stuff going on other than, oh, your jersey came off. But they don't talk about that stuff. It's just, you know... But they somehow, like, try to knock down. Like, I mean, Rob Ray, that was getting a little crazy because he was naked underneath. I mean, hey, he was took advantage of the rule. Whatever. I don't blame him. But it was getting a little crazy. And I'm actually, they probably did need to put the rule in for someone's health, you know. But the whole Probert thing, and, like, to try to demean Probert's career at all because of that is just foolish. Like, because like you said, oh, well, Probert had the advantage. Well, no, you're saying that like the other guy couldn't have done that. 
Like, oh, like only I, Rob was allowed to do that. It's like, well, that's not how it went. So, yeah. you know, oh, I just responded to some, uh, to somebody on the for on the, uh, the page the other day, they said, Oh, Oh, uh, you know, the, the master stripper couldn't fight a, uh, a fair fight or couldn't, couldn't fight a straight up fight or something like that. Like Bob Robert had to undress in order to fight. Otherwise that was it. And I'm like, that's the most absurd thing I have ever read. And I've read a lot. Uh, um, oh, you know, I think that's exactly what I said. I've seen that a bunch of times. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I, like, saw, I, I saw the comment you're talking about, and I saw your response yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, and I'm it's like, just like, yeah. No, it's ridiculous, and it's like, yeah. And I like, yeah, I, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things. So you see that a lot on the you know the the groups now, um, and and it usually is Probert or Ray, like you were saying, and I think it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, no, because like I said, it wasn't, it, nothing was stopping anybody else from doing what they did. Yeah. So it's like, it's not against the rules, so why are you bringing it up? Well, they cheated. Ah, see, you're using the wrong word. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, and I've said, that, oh, I've said this on the show a bunch of times, and it's, I think it's become, some of these fans are so into this code thing and whatever, and this respectful fight thing, and it's like, they've put, like, these unwritten rules into fighting, like, you need to, and it's like, so when they see Ray or Probert or anything back then, it blows their minds, and it's like, well, that, that wasn't respectful. It's like, I think you, they've, they have no idea what an enforcer, well, because there aren't any anymore, they have no yeah, idea what enforcing exist. was. And it was like, Probert and Brown, oh, well, Brown was a jumper, Semenko jumped people, blah, 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 well, they were doing what their job was. They were bullies, and yeah. it was to intimidate. It was like it wasn't for forty years from now to be critiqued on some message board by people. Like, no, it wasn't good luck, bro. Back then, it was like I have a job to do, and I'm going to intimidate and beat the shit out of you. It was about winning fights by any means and making and it, a point. Yes, and yeah, it was about making your, a point exactly and inflicting your will on the other team. Mm-hmm. any means necessary and i'm gonna punch you through the ice and it's like you know i'm gonna hit you when you're down because i because i want you to never think of doing this again and that was the point of enforcing and these guys it's a well that to go back to the question of what surprised you on the fight board that's what surprises me with these fans now they have no idea what this what the actual role is supposed to be because it's so far gone now that they have no idea what it, they've never seen it and when they watch these old clips, it blows their minds. Well, what do you mean? They didn't square off. <laughs> okay. Oh, he hit him when he was down. Yeah, yeah, he did. Shit, don't watch yeah. any Dave Brown fights then, because you're gonna get you're gonna have nightmares. You know, like yeah. Like the yeah, one guy. I remember one guy told me I don't like Dave Brown because he was mean. I was like, oh, yeah. oh. I'm like, wasn't that? I always thought that was the point. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't want my team's enforcer to be the nicest guy on the ice. No, you know? sort of defeating the purposes. <laughs> That's not what I want. But what know? have they seen? Right, we talked about this earlier. What have they seen? They've seen George LaRock. and they've seen the mic'd up videos. Oh, good luck, buddy. And they see bro. Yeah. They see bum taps and bro hugs now, and everybody being buddy buddy in the in the in the penalty box talking with each other after fights. It's like, and they think that's how it is. Well, that's how it is now. That's, it is like that yeah, now. They're not it, wrong. It wasn't like that in the eighties and nineties and the seventies. I could tell you O'Reilly wasn't sitting there with, you know, whoever 
Ben Wilson and they were, you know, talking about working out with each other in the summer. Like that was not happening, you know? And it's like, it's just, I guess it's just a generational thing. They just don't understand. It's just completely different now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, um, even, I mean, it's been different for a while now, but I, I even talk about, um, you know, like the later era, right. We'll talk about like when McGratton or Bugard broke in, and I call that on the, the group, I call that the round-robin fight card era. They were more like sideshows and less like enforcers, right? The, yeah. If you look at their fight cards, it was a round-robin. It was like, God, he's fighting McGrath, he's fighting Orr, he's fighting Bugard. Is this, and it was the same guys over and over and over again. And it was less about enforcing, and it was more just um, you know, a sideshow, uh, yeah. a little break from the actual game, right? So now these guys are fighting, and that was part of the, the entertainment value. It was less about enforcing and intimidating. You know, when you got to that point. Yeah. And if you look at the fight cards, that's exactly what it shows. They were just fighting the same people over and over and over again. Yeah, oh yeah. It's yeah. The, it was the nuclear weapon sideshow. Can our it's like yeah, can, no, our, can our guy can our nuclear weapon beat your nuclear weapon? That's yeah, there, was. there was a lot less uh like bad blood amongst each other, you yeah. know, at that time. So I mean even from that time, I mean how many how many real rivalries were there where you really think they didn't like each other? You know, there yeah. weren't many. No. So, you know, I, I mean, McGratton and Goddard, how many how many great fights did they have? I don't think they ever had bad blood for each other at all. No. You know. No, and and that's the thing, and that's like everybody's big thing is, oh, I don't like staged fights. Yeah, oh, and then in the same breath, <laughs> they're like, yeah, but my favorite fight of all time is Probert and Domi. I'm yeah, like, that, well, what's that, more round, staged? What's round more, two? Yeah, what's more staged than that fight? I mean, you know. Yeah, well. But, and I'm like, I get what you're saying, like, with the whole new age, you know, Goddard versus Bugard, you knew they were going to, yeah, yeah, all right, I get it. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think the paying crowd, I don't think anybody that bought a ticket was upset with the with the fight, so, I mean, I, I never had a problem with the air quotes stage fight, I don't really care, whatever fight, I just wanted to see no. him fight, I just wanted to see him go, but I could completely understand when somebody says they didn't like it. Like, from a hockey purist standpoint, I get it. But at the same time, you sort of turn around and it's like, wow. You know, Probert and them had a lot of stage fight, air quote, stage fights too. You're just not, you know, bringing that part up. But it's like, I don't know. Oh, well. It's like it gave us something to talk about, right? So, but yeah. But like you said, it got more and more our guy versus your guy. You know, and let's see what happens. Sideshow. Yeah, and then... That was it. But, you know, it, it was entertaining. I did enjoy mm-hmm. that, you know, at that time, too. I, I liked that. Um, you know, you it, it was a far cry from, like, the bench clearing, clearing brawls, you know, you, you saw in the 70s and even the 80s and stuff. That that was over at that point, you know. Yeah. So it, it, the fighting became a sideshow. And, um, you know, now it's, uh, I think, sooner or later they're going to ban it altogether. And even what you have now is not even worth watching most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I think at some point, I think it'll just sort of just naturally, I don't know if it'll ever completely go away, but I think it'll just sort of fade, fade off into, you know, pretty much non, I mean, you might get a fight now and again, you will, but I think for the most part, it'll be, you know, teams will have maybe seven or eight fights a year, you know, whatever, but yeah, yeah cause it's, it wasn't it's that just, Toronto it's, this year, in Toronto this year, didn't they have to have a meeting about, you know, protecting your teammates? Yeah. Wasn't well, that yeah. A, an article I saw? You know? Yeah. Well, could you imagine having that so. players-only meeting? Like, holy. Oh. 
Yeah, <laughs> like back in the day, yeah. But it's just that. It's just the mindset of hockey is completely different and the rules are different. And not in the NHL, they're not really. But, I mean, that's what everybody forget. Oh, they, well, Bettman did this. Well, actually, Bettman's pro-fight. Bettman's never put in a fight rule. And that, Bettman doesn't make the rules anyway. I don't know why people keep blaming him. But not that I'm a Bettman guy. I think he's a little weasel. But he's not the rule maker. So he's the wrong guy to point fingers at. But it's like junior is where it all starts. They've, they've killed fighting in junior. So it's like these guys that are coming yep. up through the, all of a sudden they're not going to just get to the NHL and, hey, you know what, I'm going to fight 30 times this year. Well, no, because they've never no, fought before. Or they have like a handful of fights in their careers. Like back in the day, guys would enter pro with 40 and 50 fights already in junior. So they were already yep. like battle tested. Like Scott Parker had like, I'm just using him as an example. There's guys with way more. But like Scott Parker had 70 fights in the Western Hockey League. Like he, that's and then he had how many more in the American League in his two years in Hershey, like twenty apiece probably. So there's forty. So he already got his hundred fights before he's entered the NHL. So I mean, there's guys now. These kids playing now, like they're never going to get to hundred fights total in their career. You know, oh, yeah, no. Maybe and these guys had hundred. Yeah, these guys had hundred coming in, so they were like battle tested already. So it's like completely different mindset. Yeah, Col- Colton Orr had over a hundred fights between uh, the WHL and the AHL. Oh yeah, um, you know before he before he ever ever made it to the NHL. Yeah, um, you know these guys were seasoned. Um, you know by the time they got there, McGratton's another one. You know a ton of yeah. fights. Um, you know I, I saw Goddard. Um, I went to a Hartford Wolfpack game. I saw Eric Goddard and Martin Grenier go at it. Um, Goddard has a hell of a fight card from the AHL. Yeah, Goddard is awesome. I love yeah. Eric Goddard. He's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, to, I mean absolute wars down in the AHL. So, um, but you know, so he came up. Uh, a lot of them guys like McGratton and Bugard, they they came to the NHL. They came up and they were like a finished product already. Yep. yep. You know, like I think Bugard's best season was actually his first season. Um, yeah. You know, well, his, his most his, uh, Bugard, yeah. Bugard, Bugard's rookie year is probably you could argue that that's the best rookie year of all time. Yeah, I had put that up on the the group at one point. Um, yeah, I can't think of one no where somebody was more dominant than that. You know, it was uh, he was like almost scary to watch. You know, then he was he was dropping people left and right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Big Eric. Yeah. Well, there we go, man. There. Um, well, there's ten questions with Rob, and we got some more. Like here, before we got going, folks, I told Rob, I said, yeah, we'll keep it to about 20 or 25 minutes. That'll be good. Well, we're at the 58-minute mark right now, so that's, uh, we did really well. I've, I've, I've had Rob's, Rob's had my voice in his head for about the last three hours, so uh, I think maybe, maybe. Yep, three hours and two minutes. Yeah, see, there we go. We'll, we'll, maybe, we'll maybe call it a, we'll call it a day here, but uh, I really want to thank yeah. you for taking the time for coming on the show. And I know we've talked about it for a while about you coming on, but your work and my work and trying to time difference and everything else. But uh, I'm glad. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I feel bad that you're laid up. So that's the only reason I could get you on. But nonetheless, may as well take advantage of it now. And it certainly, hopefully, will not be the last time because I told you I want to get you on for the uh, bracket preview show because I know that's right, kind of right up your alley. But uh, no, I want to yeah, take. Let you. me know. I'm free and clear. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm free I got you for a little for while longer future. anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yep. I, I got so folks, you'll be hearing Rob again on this show. But Rob, I want to thank you very much again for coming on the show. I really much, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a good time. Excellent.
and you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 